Oh, we're going. Fuck me. Um, all right. Hey, guys. Welcome to another week of It's A Lot. Um, we're back after a little wee break. Last week uh, was Invasion Day, obviously. So hopefully some of you took some of those resources that I gave to you and you found more resources yourself and you educated yourself on Australia Day and why it actually is a day of mourning and uh, invasion and how cooked it is to be celebrating it. Um, We will be talking about some influencers uh, who were a bit uh, inconsiderate on Australia Day. But before that, obviously this episode is coming out the two days after the I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here finale. I was in the finale we're recording this before finale is filmed, so I have no idea what's happened. Um, I'm hoping I won. If I didn't, I blame each and every one of you, um, but we'll move past it. The podcast will prevail, but there will be some resentment uh, from now. So let's hope. <laughs> so I'm going to donate regardless of the outcome to Dementia Australia. You can go to dementia org.au. There will be a link in the show notes. Um, their Instagram is dementia underscore Australia, also tagged in all my posts um, about celeb. So go ahead and do that. Um, whoever did win, congratulations. And I love everyone anyway, so it's fine. Iconic. Okay. So as I said at the top of the show, last week was Invasion Day, Australia Day. I mean, it's always a bit tragic, but we thought, we thought, we thought this year would be a bit different after the Black Lives Matter movement getting a huge amount of push in May last year after the death, the murder of George Floyd. There was outpouring of support from the entire world and a lot of Australian influencers and people were really vocal and passionate about Black Lives Matter. Um, and even at the time, I remember there being a lot of people who were Australian saying, yeah, we should definitely care about the treatment of people of colour in the US, but there's a lot of things happening at home that no one really speaks about. And everyone seems to be focusing on the issues in the US, which are so prevalent, but we also have a lot of issues here and have since colonisation began uh, in this country. So there were a few little things that happened that I like to talk about and things that I commented well, one thing that I commented on physically with my naughty little hands, so I was angry. Um, I attended the rallies in Brisbane and it was really uh, emotional as always. And I think when you go to these rallies, I went last year as well. I think I've celebrated Australia Day for like four years, but I've been going to rallies only for the past two. And uh, both times that I've gone, it's a very emotionally charged day, obviously, um, I had someone ask me actually, I had a few people DM me asking me if I felt safe going alone and yeah, like you're completely fine alone. Just so you're aware, if you want to go next year alone, go alone. I went alone both times and I found people that I knew by like accident both times. So just go alone. You're completely safe. You're fine. Like it's, it's a peaceful protest and it's a walk and there are police everywhere protecting um, the protest as well. Anyway, so there were a few influences who were a little bit naughty and I'm just going to start off with my best friend's um, Jess Brody. So she has been, since before I met her, like for like a decade, um, a very big Black Lives Matter supporter. 
Um, we bonded uh, in the mansion uh, about things like change date for invasion day and, uh, you know, left-wing ideologies, et cetera, et cetera, feminism, intersectional feminism. But she went to a Australia Day boat party with my arch nemesis, Jamie Doran, who I've never done anything to, but seems to think that I'm a bad person because he's obsessed with me, just like Dean Wells, who we'll get to in a moment. But uh, she posted on her story about change the day and then went to an Australia Day party. I had a few of you DM me and tag me in her post and say, um, you want me to talk to her? I had spoken to her already. We had a chat. She regrets it immensely. She apologized on her Instagram. It's not my place to accept the apology. I'm a, I'm a white person. We've had a chat. We've had a chat via Instagram on the day. We've had a chat in person about it. Obviously, I don't agree with her actions. Obviously, um, I don't think it's okay. So, I'm not sure what else to say there. Like, it was shit. So, uh, Ellie Miles posted at the rally, question mark, saying with a little gif saying, be the change, and then seemed to be the change a full 360 back to where she began and went to an Australia Day party in the afternoon. That was confusing to say the least. Um, so I posted about that. I mean, the cognitive dissonance to to go to a rally in the morning, like if you're listening at these rallies, like I said, it's very emotional. It's very, like I was crying. Like it's very, it's very overwhelming. To be able to go to a rally, and if you're actually listening, and then go to an Australia Day party immediately afterwards is very bizarre to me. It's either super performative activism or, like, a guilt thing. I don't know. Like, it could be a genuine guilt thing and that she just felt like she had to go. I don't know what her intentions were, but I found that bizarre. The weirdest of all, though, I think, was Pip Edwards, the owner of PE Nation, and I commented on her post. I just didn't get it. So she posted on her stories, and I think it was like the second story for the day. She posted this. I'm going to read it out word for word. And she's captioned this in black and white, right? Title is, no cause to celebrate. If another country invaded Australia and took it over, massacred many of our families, took possession of our land, homes and properties, took away our culture, forbade us from speaking English and punished us if we did, took away our children in an effort to cleanse us of our ethnicity, herded us into enclaves and missions, rounded up our sons, fathers, uncles and grandfathers in balls and chains and treated us as subhuman. Would we and our descendants want to celebrate the anniversary of that? I think not. So why would we expect First Nations people to feel differently? And why would those in positions of power be so insensitive to ignore what this day truly means? What have we got to lose by changing the date of Australia Day? Yeah, babe. Agree. So that, I was like, oh, what's the controversy? What is a controversy? What's going on? Why am I getting tagged in this? Why are people sending me this? Confused. And then you flick through and she's celebrating Australia Day. And she's risen up the the Australian flag and the Aboriginal flag, but the Aboriginal flag is upside down, which symbolises a country in distress. I mean, I mean, fair, Pip. Not sure that was your intention, but uh, fair. And as though this little symbol, as though it looks like she's in like Vaucluse or somewhere, like it looks like she's in like a twenty million dollar home, having you know prawns with garlic butter with her dual flags, one of them upside down. And she has decided that this is going to fix it. This is what's going to bring Australia together. 
this is what's going to fix Australia Day. Me having my garlic prawns at my $20 million Forclues mansion. But flags side by side. No phones, just love. Then the next pair is like her in a bikini. Like, babe, what's happening here? Like, what's the, what? Like, literally my mind, and I saw this and I was like, okay, tapping through. So also, it was it was like a slow, like, Anzac Day raising of the flag. It was like an emotion. And I was like, the fuck, mate? Like, it's upside down. Did you go, did you go to primary school? Like, did you, I don't understand how you don't know which way the Aboriginal flag is. You obviously follow no Indigenous creators because all day that day there would have been Aboriginal flags being posted. Actually, even people that aren't anyone that supports the changing of the date posts the Aboriginal flag. So that's curious, to say the least. Then, then it came. Then it came, kids. There was a grid post. There was a static grid post. The grid post was a photo of said $20 million Vaucluse mansion. Also, I'm not sure if it was Vaucluse, but it, it makes it funnier. It's not that it's fucking funny, but Jesus Christ. Like, it literally looks like that house is on the harbour. It's on the harbour and it's got those black and white, like, covers. As though it was like a 19, like, 20s, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, Great Gatsby energy would be living there, saying old sport. Like, it's that, it's that vibe. Like, there's like, a, there's like a room full of flowers. Someone called Daisy's there. You know what I mean? And she captioned, now the caption changed before I screenshot it, but it said something like celebrating the beautiful land we live on or something. It was changed to then acknowledging the beautiful land that we live and thrive on. Hey, babe, why did you, why did you post a story outlining exactly why we shouldn't celebrate? In fact, it literally said not the date to celebrate. And then you uploaded a photo of your Great Gatsby house with an upside down Aboriginal flag that then said, Celebrating. Celebrating what, Pip? The garlic prawns, perhaps? Did you have a nice potato salad? What's going on? What's happening, Pip? Answer me this. So then I got upset because I feel like I don't think at this stage ignorance is an excuse for this at all because we all know we all lived through the Black Lives Matter movement during a pandemic in which we had no other option except to learn about things through our phones. We had no other option except to look at news but again the cognitive dissonance to post an explanation a detailed explanation like the most basic argument for why we should change the date and then post that you're celebrating the date is very confusing so I commented saying why have you posted a story explicitly outlining why today is not the date to celebrate and then posted this precisely the opposite aka let's celebrate you are clearly aware of the reasoning behind the protests, the outcry, the mourning, but post this. Confusing, tone-deaf behaviour. I don't even know what to say. Usually it would be educate yourself, but you've posted about why this isn't okay. It's honestly baffling. Also, the Aboriginal flag is upside down your story, so what the fuck? I'm not trying to, like, have a sook here, but I literally texted my best friend Christabel and I was like, I feel bad eating out today because it feels a bit celebratory. So I, I, got a, I got a coffee and I was like, oh, God, this is a bit fucked. Like, by myself post rally and I went to mum's house mum and I spoke about the song generation for two hours so like it's just it's just have some awareness maybe next year do better maybe next year don't go to a rally and then a pool party there were people saying like on um 
people's posts. Like, it was a hot public holiday. Like, what else are we meant to do? What else? We have to celebrate the hot public holiday in one of the hottest, driest countries in the world. We must. It's never hot here. It's never hot and we never get time off during a pandemic where everyone works from home. Never. It's not like it's 42 degrees every fucking day in summer. So, yeah, I mean, pretty piss week. I'm sure there were others that I saw, but Pip then posted an apology saying, focusing on the upside down flag. I mean, babe, that wasn't the issue, Dallin. It simply wasn't. I don't know if Ellie posted an apology, Jess posted an apology. I mean, I just want everyone next year to go to the rallies. Good news, though. The rally, like, pretty much, I think, doubled in size in Brisbane. I mean, last year when I was at the rally in Brisbane, I could get at least on the grass area, and this time I was across the road, and it was, I guess this COVID safe is a bit, bit bigger, but it felt way bigger than last year, which is a really good sign. So what you guys can do if you didn't have time to attend a rally, if you were at work, if you were sick, or if you were uh, worried about COVID, you can donate to an Indigenous charity. I, like I said last time, donated to Jira. That will be tagged in the show notes. I also tagged them in my um, Invasion Day post on my Instagram, if that's easier for you. Um, But yeah, next year, let's go to a rally. Um, Also, let's uh, try to keep this energy throughout the year. Um, when other Indigenous issues arise, as I'm sure they will, because awful things are happening to Indigenous community every day in Australia. So let's keep that in mind. Keep going. So what are we talking about? Now? Reindeer poo. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So I haven't told my beautiful producer at least this, but... Buckle up, baby. So I told this story at the We The Wild Ones live show because I had um, I hung out with Nikki and Lucy before the show and they were like, what's your craziest sex story? And I was like, the issue is with me, I don't have a, I don't have an idea of what is a crazy sex story. Like is anal crazy or is like, like what's, what's crazy? Because I mean, when I tell stories, some people they're like, that's fucking wild. And then my normal friends are like, yeah. And then what happened? Like, the, like how much fun was there on his dick? You know what I mean? But to take this right around, we're going to do a, a big a 180, a 180 from our chat just then, our very serious chat. We're going to go to a story I like to call Reindeer Poo that I was reminded of when Nikki and Lucy uh, asked me, what's like the crazy story you've had during sex? And I thought, well, this isn't very crazy, but this is discourse done. So I'm going to tell you guys, because I feel like if you hear this story, and I'm saying this publicly into a microphone recorded at Nova Studios right now, I'm saying this out loud. Like if I, for some reason, change careers and I get like a job interview and they say, hey, we found this thing called reindeer poo on the internet, care to explain? I'm fucked, guys. So like I'm doing this for you, for all your or your confidence. I get DMs, girls being like, hi, how do you get over queefing? And I'm like, question mark, like, just queef. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. Or like, oh, like, I farted after anal. I'm like, his penis was in your asshole. Of course you're going to fart after anal. I'm so, like, my brain is like, what? And this is a story. This is a story. Let's do it. Okay. So I was having anal penetrative sex with, um, you know, someone that I've slept with a million times before. And, you know, a penetration relation, some may call him. And we were doing anal. And I had an anal a little while because 
Honestly, guys, for a little while there, my asshole didn't close. <laughs> Poor Elise. <laughs> she just gone nah, nah. It's so hard for me to have my microphone off during this. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, there was so I had to I had to do anal exercises. Anyway, moving on. Was loving anal. So we're doing anal for the first time in a little while. You know, getting worked up. We got some new. New anal beads, which pause on the anal beads. That's quite scary because they hook over poo inside your colon. If you haven't douched properly, they can like pull out a chunk of poo. Happened before to me. Happened before. Uh, side side tangent story. Pulled out the anal beads. Who cares about the poo on the anal beads? And he ate my ass afterwards and licked the poo off my asshole. Different person, same energy. Um. So anyway, so where you know. He's he's fucking my ass with his fucking giant cock, and I am like, ah, oh, come already. He comes in like a minute, obviously, because like, duh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're fucking me in the ass of all places, like of all orifices, it's the ass. And so fucking me, fucking me, fucking me. Ah, oh, okay, duh. I go duh. Come for me, daddy. You know what I mean? Like grow up. He comes and then I feel like the cum drip out of my asshole. And I'm like, and I'm like, normal, standard procedure. Something goes in, it must come out. In the words of Miley Cyrus, what goes up must come down. Um, I feel so much younger now. Um, so, drips out. And then I get up and he's, you know, oh, I have a shower. I was like, okay, have your shower, Dulce. And then it must have lubed it up or something. But I look on the on the bed and we'd had a cheese board before this. So I thought I thought that someone's in the studio laughing. I thought that what was on the bed was in fact a purple grape. I thought it was a grape. And I go, oh, that's weird. And I look closer because the bathroom light comes on and I can see the bed. And it is a perfect little reindeer poo. But I was the reindeer. I was the reindeer. The size of a grape. I then panic and I pick up the reindeer poo with my hands because I go, because what's what's your reaction when you – and it was like a perfect circle. I reckon the anal beads must have like molded it into like a sphere. Like it was literally like – it looked like a perfect purple poo. <laughs> perfect purple grape poo. Reindeer poo. So I panic. I pick it up thinking for some reason it would be the consistency of a grape. It was not. It was obviously poo. So like – and then, and then I lift it up, and I carry it to the bathroom. He's in the shower, and I panic yet again. Still panicking. Ah, the pill in my hand. And I put it not in the toilet, but in the sink. <laughs> Why? Why? Also, no one's ever gonna date me again after I, like pe- people better not listen to this podcast. You know what I mean? People better not. No, <laughs> we better get no listens this week. Um, and he's like, "What's going on?" And I was like, "Oh, there's just a bit of poo on the bed." Like little reindeer poo energy and he was like that's fine why are you freaking out and I was like well because there was a reindeer poo on the bed much if you heard me but there was a great black poo on the bed and I've just put it in the sink not in the toilet and he didn't give a fuck anyway we fucked like four more times after that that night so the moral of the story is I don't care about your queefing you shouldn't either I think the limit is reindeer poo and I think I'm hoping that by sharing my story with some of you you can feel confident in your reindeer poos as well, your queefing, anything that goes wrong during sex, no one really cares because they've already come, you know what I mean? Like, get over it. Um, I eventually did relocate the reindeer poo to the toilet. I got some toilet by my hand and then I 
scrubbed my nails like 14. I was like, fucking get off me, reindeer poo hands. So that was part two of the podcast. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Is that, do you reckon that's too far? I don't think it's far enough, personally. Um, okay, one more thing I want to quickly touch on before before I talk about Nightmare Fuel that you sicko said into me um, is my quote-unquote romance with Ash Williams on Celeb. So here's the thing. You all know I have anxious attachment issues. I mean, to say at least issues. She's in therapy once a week. Um, I need affection all the time. And the jungle is a very, it's a cruel world. It's a cruel world in there. I got a hug from Tony Perrin every morning, but it wasn't enough. I needed some male validation. And I got that in the form of Ash Williams. There's this weird thing. I mean, I didn't really see the end of the show, if I'm being honest. I've been very busy. But there's a lot of Twitter chat about how I'm in love with Ash and I'm obsessed with Ash. I'm trying to clarify. Never had feelings for Ash. I got a lot of DMs from you guys being so nice, being like, you're too good for him. Why? Can't you see he doesn't like you? And I'm like, but I didn't I didn't like him either. I'm not going to sit here and lie to anyone. I would literally go off and cry about another missing another man. I'm sure you can all figure out who it is. Not ex-boyfriend that I love. Another man. I would go off and have like moments alone in the jungle and be like, I just miss him so much. So... First and foremost, didn't have feelings for Ash. Got along really well. We were really good friends in there. We cuddled literally all day, every day because we needed affection. And I did request a no consequences patch in the same way that you would request a friend's benefits moment. But unfortunately, kitties, we were on a, a PG show, so I couldn't say, do you want to just fuck? Um, also, because we couldn't fuck, we were in, we're, in, we're in the jungle and there's no hot water if you know what I mean. So that's just first and foremost. But I have noticed this like weird rhetoric that's going around that like I kind of CBF talking about the Ash thing because it doesn't really matter. It's not like I got a quote unquote bad edit. I just think there were like a lot of projection assumptions happening. When I when I've repeatedly said I've seen I've seen me on camera say I don't have feelings for Ash. He's just a warm body. I said that like three times and I thought that was a bit mean of me and I thought that Twitter would be like She's a heartless bitch, but everyone's like, she's just lying to herself and to everyone else. No, I'm not. Let women have autonomy and don't assume that because I'm a woman that I have feelings for him and I'm trying to hide it. I'm the most upfront person in the world. You all saw it in The Bachelor me saying, I really want to fuck you, Matt, on national television. I said to Ash, I just want to kiss you. If I liked someone, I would say, I have feelings for you. What's going on? What the fuck? I wouldn't sit in the jungle and to camera be like, I don't like him. Like, you... like." You should know this by now. But despite me explicitly saying to camera and to other people, like, oh, like, oh, he's just a warm body, like nothing's going on. I think I'm like gig I'm like giddy and like laughy about it because A, there's nothing fucking going on in the jungle. Like, you have to understand we're filming twenty four hours a day. We're bored as bad shit. Also because like it is fun kissing a boy for the first time and laughing with like the girls in the corner and being like, Oh my god, did you see the pash? Did you look like I was enjoying the pash? You can also tell my face I'm like geeing it up. I think at one point, I don't know if I showed this, but I remember talking to Ali and being like, Do you think he thinks I'm pretty? And like put my like like the TikTok thing where you like push the hair behind your ear and I pigtails and I was like, I don't know, like I just know he thinks I'm pretty. Like having a laugh, it's all a bit of fun. Whatever. But there is this like weird one-sided thing where everyone assumes that I'm in love with Ash and Ash rejected me. And there's kind of two narratives coming from this. And it's like, one is, why is Abby so obsessed with Ash? And why can't Abby stop talking about pashing Ash? And there's this one scene where I'm talking to the girls about the pash. 
And then in the next scene, Ash says to Grant, it was really nice having a kiss though, wasn't it? Right? So we're both saying the same thing. We're both like, oh, it was nice to have a kiss. And I was like, what do you think he thought? Because we're sitting around. I think we're like playing like hangman on the floor or something. Ash and I are both talking about it, but Twitter is like, Abby's so obsessed with it. Why are you projecting a needy woman fantasy onto me? Now, I haven't seen the rest of the show, so I don't really know like what the context of this is. But I was there, so I'm going from what I felt and what, and what Ash and I spoke about during and after filming. And it's like, we were really good friends. We liked cuddling. It was nice to have a cuddle in the jungle. It was a weird, sad time. Both of us, like I was thinking about someone else on the outside. It was just a comfort thing. And we both love affection. Um, but people are either like, oh, she's so needy. Or they hate me more because of it. But people are like, you should watch this show. He just won't end that into you. He obviously doesn't like you. This is why no one likes you because you're desperate. And I don't understand this This need for it's always women as well it's always women this need for women to get they're not actually mad but they they project that that this is why everyone hates you because because why because i liked someone they didn't like me back shouldn't the then logical progression be don't you feel sorry for me like wouldn't you be like oh the poor thing which a lot of you have been saying to me love you guys but i'm fine but People that are being awful to me are being... It happened on The Bachelor and on Bachelor in Paradise as well. People go, he doesn't like you. This is why no one likes you because you're so desperate, you're so clingy because you thought that he would like you. That's a big thing as well, is that women having a go at me saying that I'm a bad person because I thought someone might like me. It's confusing. Like, that kind of thought process implies that the default should be that we're insecure and that no one ever likes us and that if we think someone likes us or could like us, serves us right if we get rejected because we shouldn't have confidence in the first place. If you have confidence, therefore, insecure women or women with internalized misogyny love to see you fail. They love to see you get rejected. They, they love to see that happening because they feel as though they aren't allowed to be confident. They are allowed to think that something might work out for them. And because I dared to think that way, I didn't actually, but in their heads, I thought that way, then I should get punished for it. It's very confusing. Um, also, everyone, I'm not sure where this, there's still this narrative around Australia that Abby always gets what she wants. Can we remember? Let's reflect on my fucking love life. Dad left when I was born. So uh, dated complete narcissistic assholes before The Bachelor, like multiple, not just one, multiple. When The Bachelor dumped on a rock, you know, wasn't the best of times, was the worst of times. Bachelor in Paradise, didn't find anyone. Got a weird edit that I was in love with Kieran, despite the fact that I was not. Very strange, but we accepted it. We moved on. I wanted to go home. Got back with ex-boyfriend that I love. Another breakup. Then we go on this show, and according to everyone, I get dumped again. Didn't happen, but according to everyone... And everyone's like, she al- she's always manipulates everyone. She always she wants. Not once happened. Not in real life. Not on a TV show. This is why I'm in therapy. Um, so that's the Ash Williams stuff that I want to just clarify because I find it I find it a really strange thing. I mean, it's similar to The Bachelor where people it's like this overarching thing that I want to write about in my book about women wanting to see the downfall of other women if they believe that a man could like them. Like that it irks them that they could go, I think he really likes me. Not that I ever said that. But the thought that they think she's so she's just throwing herself at him, it's really embarrassing because he doesn't like her. And also laughing, laughing at me 
quote unquote, thinking that he liked me. When we would cuddle every night, I fell asleep in his arms every night, and he'd like kiss. We'd like we'd have a kiss every night before I left his bed. Shouldn't we be blaming Ash for not communicating that properly? Like, if anyone, and the things we had communicated, but on the show, what was shown was. I liked Ash. Ash's actions were showing that he quote-unquote lied to me and he didn't tell me. In reality, we both spoke about it almost every day and how we didn't feel each other and how we were friends and how what was actually going on. But what you're seeing is essentially Ash leading me on and me not knowing and then I'm the villain there? Very confusing. Not what happened. Ash and I spoke about it. There was communication, to be clear. He didn't lead me on. You know why? Didn't like him. All right, time for the next segment. (laughs) So as we've been doing the past couple of episodes, and I'm loving it, we have another little segment of Nerd Fuel. We're trying to – it's a working title. It's a working title. Uh, If you have any suggestions, email us. We want a jingle. If you have a jingle prepared, that would be joyous. Less work for us, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it at least? Okay, so here we go. This is a – Raw React. This is a blind react. Haven't listened at all to this. So we'll see how we go. I was sent this by my beautiful PA, Dana. Love you, Dana. So this isn't really sex related or anything like that, but it is a horror story of a guy that I was with. Um, One time he was at my house. He was staying over, as couples do, and he was having a shower. So I went into the bathroom and caught him stomping his shit. Sorry? Was it? Was it me? <laughs> was it me? Was it me with reindeer poo? Can we blame him? Did he think it was a grape? Did he think it was a big grape? Was he worried? Also, we haven't even heard what we're stopping into. Let's continue. Was it a kink? Let's continue. Let's continue. Down the drain. He had taken a shit in the shower and was stomping it down the drain. Ah. Uh- <laughs> I freaked the fuck out because to me that that wasn't normal. My my question here is was he nude? Was the shower on? Did he accidentally shit himself in the shower? But it was very casual for him and he did it all the time. So I was just wondering if other people do it as well. Is this a common thing? I wish podcasting was visual to see the face of everybody in this studio today. I wish you could see the emotions. I wish we could see our girl, our voice note girl's emotions. That is fucking disgusting. I am fucking, that's repugnant, mate. That's fucking repugnant. That's so repugnant. What the fuck? Um, okay, so here's the thing. I did think initially it was a kink thing. I think it could be a lazy thing. It could be a lazy thing. This is like my one of my ex-boyfriends used to ask to pee inside me and then I would walk to the bathroom and pee. I wouldn't actually do it. But I think that was a joke. This wasn't a joke. This was acted out. This was a direct attack on the drain. Um, isn't that called waffle stomping? Is it a kink? Anything's a kink if you try hard enough. That's true. Anything is a kink. But, I mean, the thing is, if it was a kink, would he not? Was he? Questions. Was he hard? Was he nude? Was the shower on? These are three questions that I have that will probably haunt me tonight when I fall asleep. If he was hard, can you imagine? You know, I don't kink shame. You know, you guys know that I have, like, fucked kinks. And honestly, 
but scat play, I think, is a step too far for me personally. And if, but imagine walking your boyfriend, like you just had like vanilla missionary lights off sex, and you walk in and he's hard stomping poo into the into the drain. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if TV's Abby Chatfield picked up a reindeer poo from a bed and put it into a sink? That's equally as fucked. I don't even know what to say um, to this poor girl. I wonder. Also, did she say ex-boyfriend or boyfriend? I feel like ex- surely you wouldn't you wouldn't expose your boyfriend like this. Surely you wouldn't. I mean, unless it's it's hard, it's resentment, and she tried to get him to therapy. She's tried to get him to therapy to talk about it, and he won't do it. So she's saying, look, look, look what Abby Chatfield thinks of you. I mean, thank you for that. That is certainly nightmare fuel. It's going to haunt me tonight and tomorrow and the next day. If you could DM me and let me know, hard nude shower on or off three questions comment on the instagram post that i will certainly do with this and let me know do you think he was hard do you think he was nude and was the shower on or was it off okay thanks guys that ends that what more do we have to say love you all thank you for voting in i'm a celeb if you did vote i was kidding before when i said i hate you because i didn't win i mean i could have won i still don't know love you all see ya i guess there's a lot of poo chat in this one (laughs) bye